I have had a few people ask me since I talked last time if I would consider doing a um, kind of a part two on fear, um, like I did last time. And they asked if I would uh, share somewhat of my testimony um, of, you know, some of the things that I've walked through and, um, you know, some of the ways that the Holy Spirit has shown me how to stand against fear and how to fight fear. And um, so that's really what I want to do tonight. I want to share just a little bit about um, kind of where I've been and um, a little bit about my testimony. You know, the Bible tells us that we overcome the enemy through the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And while that can mean, um, and it definitely means uh, sharing how um, we got saved and how Jesus came, came to be our savior. I think it also means sharing testimonies about how we had to stand and fight and how God's word has been proven true in our lives. And, you know, as we share those things, it, as we remember what God has done, it, it builds faith inside of us, but it also builds faith in, in the people that we share it with because they remember those times that God has stepped in and, and taken care of things for them as well and, and where they've seen God's word to be true. And so it's a real faith builder to do that. And so um, I would like to do that tonight, just share a little bit um, about where I've been and, um, a little bit about how I have had to stand, um, against fear and some of the things that the Holy Spirit has shown me in that process, um, in standing against fear, because I think that fear is something that as long as we're on this earth and the devil is loose, that's something that's a tool that he's going to use to try to come at us. It might look differently. Um, once we've, we've, recognized this mask of it, it may come back looking different, but I think it's something that he's always going to try to use and try to bring at us. And so it's important that we know, um, how to recognize fear and how to stand against that. So I, um, would just like to share with that, share that with you, uh, here for a few minutes. Um, Chris and I moved here. Wow. Almost five years ago in, in May, it's been, um, almost five years. Wow. That's crazy to say we've been here a long time, kind of. Um, so we moved here from Amarillo and when we were in Amarillo, uh, Chris had a job, um, selling furniture there in, at a place in Amarillo and, um, it was good. I mean, it was, um, we were not millionaires at all, but, um, things were taken care of pretty well. We were, we were fine. Um, and so as we began to look for, um, a job opportunity to come here, one opened up at a furniture store here in Lubbock and it was a nicer furniture store, uh, which meant the furniture was more expensive, which meant the commission would be better. And, um, so we saw that as a really great opportunity. And, um, so he took that job and we, we moved here. And we were very excited because um, we knew we were supposed to be here in Lubbock. And I don't know if it was um, just a couple weeks after we moved here. I, I'm not really sure. But there was that first really big economic crash thing that happened. And all of a sudden, nobody was buying furniture 
anymore. Well, I guess some people were buying furniture, but most people were not buying furniture and because it wasn't a necessity. And if they were buying furniture, usually they were going to go to somebody that they had known for a long time or, um, you know, someone who had been there for a while and we had been here for a couple of weeks and that was it. So we didn't really know anybody. So needless to say, with a job where um, it was all commission, uh, that, that was a little bit, that was very stressful. It was very, very stressful. And for a little bit, uh, we were able to keep things kind of, you know, juggle things around, you know, okay, I'll pay this one here and talk to these people and maybe it'll be okay. But eventually that was not going to work anymore. And, um, I became very, very, um, afraid very, very afraid. Um, I would get bills in and the pressure would just be huge on me. I, um, I remember just feeling this weight on me and I would pull out my scriptures, you know, and I would speak them and speak them and speak them and speak them. And, but the problem is that I realize now is that whenever I was speaking those scriptures, there wasn't any faith behind what I was saying. All, it was more like a like a good luck charm type thing, you know, where, um, okay, hopefully, please, God, please, God, please let this work. Please let this work. And, um, that's how I quoted the scriptures. There was no faith. There was no, um, all right, it's going to be okay. This is what we're going to do. It's going to be fine. God is going to take care of us. It was God, please let this work. Please let this work. Please don't let stuff get shut off. And it did, it got shut off, (laughs) um, a few times, but, and every time that would happen, more and more fear would grip my heart. I would, I remember waking up just terrified that we might not end the day with electricity or we might not have the food that we needed, you know, to, to feed the kids or, or something like that. And these thoughts would come, you know, into my mind and I would dwell on those things and I would begin to think about, okay, well, what are we going to do? And I would try to figure it out, trying to be responsible. That was, that was a mask that fear used with me, um, a lot was, well, if you were responsible, you would be trying to figure out what you need to be doing. And so I would do that, but I would do that out of fear and stress and worry and, um, so needless to say, I, I was very, very, um, distracted by fear and stress and panic. Then at the same time, Chris was over here also feeling the stress and the panic and the fear, um, about trying to figure out what to do. He was doing all kinds of odd jobs all over the place, trying to make enough money and they never were seeming to pan out very well. And at the same time, um, he was dealing with a situation that had happened to us in Amarillo, um, that was, it was very, very wrong. And it was something that should not have ever happened to us, but, um, it did. And it was an injustice that was done. And so he was, he was working on dealing with that. And, um, as he was working on it, he, he became more angry about the situation. So here he is trying to figure out how to take care of us and trying to deal with this situation over here. And I was over here panicking and stressing. And every time I tried to talk, fear just came out of my mouth because that's what I was dwelling on. That's what was growing inside of me. And 
every time he would try to talk, that fear and that anger would come out of him. So needless to say, <laughs> our relationship was not what it should have been. It was not um, the way a marriage is supposed to be. And um, um, the communication was not there. We did not have a communication at all, actually. And so in the middle of, of that and that stress and that pressure... I began to have these um, anxiety attacks. And I don't know if any of you have ever had one, but <laughs> they are evil. They are completely evil. And um, I know that different people have different symptoms in whenever they deal with these anxiety attacks. But for me, um, I would... Um, all of the muscles in my body would start to tense up really badly and I would start to shake and I would think I can't catch my breath. And really I could, I could breathe, but I would think that I couldn't. And there, there was this overall sense of I am dying. I, I I'm, this is it. I'm dying. And, um, it was very, very, it was very scary. It was a very scary thing. And, of course, still, I'm dealing with this fear of um, not having enough money and, and um, wondering, why is this not working here? Why is God's word not working for me? And trying to talk to Chris through all my fear, and I'm not making any sense to him, I'm sure. <laughs> and he, you know, trying to talk to me through the fear and the anger, and um, it just was not a good situation. In fact, we, um, ended up separating for a little while. And I remember sitting, um, in the room that I was in after, you know, we had separated and, and, um, I was just dealing with this awful, awful, um, health thing that it seemed to come on me out of nowhere. It seemed, you know, I could be at a grocery store. I could be at a restaurant. I could be hanging out at my parents' house and this anxiety would take over me and I wouldn't be able to think. I wouldn't be able to, to function very well. And I remember sitting in the room thinking, God, where are you? What in the world is going on here? You know, my whole life, I have done everything that I know to do exactly right. You know, I was not, um, <laughs> I wasn't one of those girls who dated here and there. I was very serious about, I would not date anyone unless they were a man of God and they were called to the ministry. I was very picky <laughs> about, I was not going to date someone that I didn't want to marry, you know, and I, and I said, and God, look, what is the deal? My marriage is falling apart here. My health is falling apart here. Where are you? What in the world? I don't even understand. Why are you not doing anything? I've been speaking your word. I don't understand what is going on. Why are you not even taking care of this for me? And I remember saying, and I didn't hear anything from him, of course. <laughs> and I remember saying, well, okay, maybe everything I've believed is wrong. Maybe that's just what it is. Maybe I need to rethink all of these things that I've always believed. And so, um, I don't remember how long I was in that state of mind. I don't remember if it was a day or 
a week. I don't really remember, but I remember thinking, maybe that's why this whole thing has happened. Maybe that's why, is because it's not real, and it's not really true. And God is so good to let us have our hissy fits and throw our tantrums and then still show us how good he is. And um, I don't know how many days after I did that or after I said that, that this happened, but I was sitting in my parents' living room and I don't know what triggered this anxiety attack, um, but I all of a sudden felt one come on me and I began to shake and I, I, um, Chris was over there actually hanging out with us and I, um, my hands started to to fold in like this and my feet started to, to go numb and I could feel my face going numb. And I started to stumble down the hall. I was losing my vision and I stumbled down the hall and the first person I saw was my dad. And I said, dad, help me. And then I couldn't, that was it. I couldn't talk. I couldn't, um, walk. I couldn't do anything. I was kind of like ending up in this ball and he picked me up and he carried me to the couch and I remember that he got in my ear and he started to pray in tongues in my ear and he started to speak to fear and anxiety and he started commanding it to go and he started um, speaking scriptures in my ear and I will never forget that thing lift off of me. While he, while he did that, I could not talk, (laughs) but he was doing it for me. And I remember in, in all the fuzziness, you know, that was going on in my brain and in, in my mind at the time, I remember feeling something lift off of me as he did that in my ear. And I remember God saying, I am real. I am real. I, you don't have to have all the answers right now. But I am real. And that was his way of showing me that he, he was real. And um, in that moment when I couldn't do anything by myself. And so, um, you know, the paramedics got there. And as they got there, I was able to talk a little bit more. I was dazed and, and kind of confused and out of it a little bit. But um, I just kept thinking about that, about how... When he began to speak in my ear, that that thing lifted. And so over the next few days, that's all I could think about was how that had happened and how miraculous it was because I was so um, just attacked and, and beat down by this thing and how miraculous it was that I was able to pull out of it like that. And so I remember sitting down and apologizing (laughs) to God and saying, okay, God, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but I do believe you. I make a choice right now. It doesn't matter what it looks like around me. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling right now. I make a choice that I trust you and I believe you and I believe that you're real. And I ask you to show me what to do and what's going on here because I have no idea. And so at that moment, and I remember that, that moment making the choice, I don't care what's going on around me. It's a choice that I'm going to make 
to believe his word, no matter what. I don't even understand how this has all been allowed, but I trust him. And so I began to work really hard to search the scriptures and to um, find in the Bible uh, things that would help me and things that would help me get get through this situation. And sometimes, and it's kind of hard to explain, but through a lot of it, I w- my mind was very confused, especially in the middle of the anxiety attacks. It was very difficult for me to... Um, focus my mind at all. So whenever I, um, was out of them, I would try to, um, get in the word. And sometimes I couldn't even do that. And so I would just sit and listen. I would turn on the TV and just listen to different preachers preaching. And one day while I was doing that, um, this preacher Uh, began to read this story out of the Bible. And it's a story that I have read over and over and over. It's in three of the Gospels. and um, But as he read it, revelation began to come to my spirit. And I began to see, um, I began to see myself in this, in this story. And I want to read it to you. I know you've, you've read it before, but it's, it's in Mark chapter four, verse 35. And I might just use the screen. (laughs) Okay. And it says, And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? (laughs) that sound familiar? Sounds exactly like what I said, huh? Um, It says, And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, as he read that passage, I was sitting in the recliner and I just began to cry and cry and cry because I could see myself in this passage. And I realized exactly what, what was going on in my life. You know, at the, the very first verse that we read, verse 35, it says, And Jesus saith, saith unto them, Let us pass over into the other side. That was God's will, was for them to go over to the other side. And just because in the next two verses a storm came that didn't change what the will of God was for Jesus and for these, these disciples. And that's kind of one of the things that I had been so confused about. You know, I had been saying, God, I, I, I know I thought that I heard you. And I thought that I heard that you showed me that this is what I was called to. And this was your plan for me and this and this, but look at all this stuff that's going on around me. How I don't even understand how this can be. And he showed me just because the storm comes it doesn't mean that his will is different for my life. 
they were still going to go over to the other side. Just because there was a storm, that didn't change the fact that they were going to go to the other side. And he showed me that what I was walking through was a storm. And I did exactly what the disciples did. I went to him and said, hello, why are you not fixing this? <laughs> Where are you? What is the deal? And I, and I had, I had said that. And Jesus in this story, he also did not answer the disciples either. <laughs> he got up and he spoke to the storm and he, he spoke to the source of it. He, the Bible says, let's see, what does it say? That he, um, where did it go? He rebuked the wind and he told the sea to be still. He went right to the source. He could have said, water, stop filling up the boat. But that's, that's not what he did. He went right to the source of what was happening and he spoke to that and told it to stop. And then he turned around to the disciples and he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you don't have any faith? And whenever... He read that whenever that that pastor read that I just began to cry and cry and cry because I realized that Jesus wanted them to take authority over the storm that they were walking through. He he was asleep on the pillow in the back of the boat. I don't even know how that's possible, really. I mean, even if you're not worried about a storm, you'd think that the sounds would, would wake him up or something, but he was in perfect peace. He was sound asleep, fully expecting to get to the other side. He was not concerned at all. And that really makes me see, cause he seems disappointed, doesn't he? He seems a little bit like, why are you so fearful? How is it that you don't have any faith? And to me, it looks like he really wanted the disciples to take the authority over the storm because they had the authority in him. He was with them already. He hadn't died yet to give all men the authority that we have now, but there was a time when he was alive and he sent them out in his name and they came back so excited, you know, because even the demons were subject to his name. But now we, he's died and risen again. It's, we definitely have the authority to speak to the storm, to speak to whatever is coming at us and tell it to stop in Jesus name. And so when I got, I, I got that revelation about this story. I began to, I told mom, don't delete that um, particular sermon off of your DVR. <laughs> and I watched it over and over and over. And I would go and sit in my room and I would just read this story over and over and over and faith began to rise in my heart. And I began to realize that I've been given the authority already. I don't need Jesus to come and speak to the storm for me because he's already given me this authority. And so I remember standing up in, in my room and speaking directly to fear and to anxiety and stopping them. I rebuked them just like Jesus did. And I told them to stop. And then I spoke peace into my life. And I wish I could say that right then I didn't have any more anxiety attacks and it was over and it was done. And God worked a miracle right then. He did work a miracle right then. It, it had already been done for me, but 
I still had to work it out. I still had to stand. And I had already made a decision that I believe this word. I don't care what happens around me. I believe God's word. And I, I shared that with Chris and, and he was able to join up with me. And, you know, obviously our, our marriage has been reconciled and we're better friends now than we ever, ever, ever have been. And, um, God has done a miracle there. Um, but I did continue to have anxiety attacks for a while. And, um, but what I did was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I had, um, scriptures that I had written out. And every time I would feed my children, I would sit them down to eat and I would go over and I would get my notebook and I would read and speak those scriptures out loud over and over and over, over my life. And this time it was different than the first time. It was not out of fear and worry and stress, but I was doing it out of faith and I knew that God's word was true and I didn't care how long I had to hold on to it. I was going to hold on to it. And every time I would have one of those anxiety attacks, the devil would come and try to bring condemnation and, and tell me, see, you're not, you don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith. This isn't working. You're not, it's not working. And I would say, no, mm -mm, I'm not, I'm not going to take that thought. I refuse it. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to listen to it. This is what the Bible says. And I would, I would read what the Bible says over and over. And, um, you know, it, it seemed for a while that it, that it was not working, but they became fewer and, and what is it farther between? Does that make sense? Yeah. There was more time in between each one of them. I'll say it that way. Um, and I just continued to, to speak over my life and over my mind. I began, I continued to speak to fear and see what had happened in the past was, um, I had allowed slowly, I had allowed those thoughts to stay in my mind, those thoughts of fear. And what if this happens? And, and, you know, I had confided, I had gotten some counsel from someone who also was full of fear. And when she counseled me, she just imparted more fear into my life. And so the Holy Spirit began to show me different ways that I had allowed that fear to come in. And he said, the same way that you allowed the fear to come in, you have to chip it away with the word of God. Little by little, you got to chip it away. And, uh, so that's what I did. And I have, um, a lot of these scriptures and I'll share them with you in just a minute. But, um, but I remember the day very, very clearly that I was eight months pregnant and I was driving a car with my two children, my other two children in the back seat. And I was stopped at a red light and a lady was, I don't know what was happening to her. She was having some kind of a medical problem and she flew through the red light and she came right at the car that I was in and she hit us head on. And I watched her coming, <laughs> saw her coming at me and she hit us head on. And I, um, 
in the middle of all that, you know, I was taking care of my children, um, you know, called Chris and called my mom and the police came, the lady next to us called 911. And I remember being in the ambulance on the way to the hospital and I started giggling (laughs) and I was laughing and I was like, Oh my goodness, I need to stop laughing because I did not have an anxiety attack during that whole thing, you know, before even just the thought of that would have sent me, you know, panicking, but even walking through that, I did not have an anxiety attack. And the, the paramedic was like, I don't know what's wrong with this girl. I don't know why she's giggling, you know? And he kept saying, ma'am, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm great. I'm not having an anxiety attack at all. I'm just really great. I'm excited. And I remember that day and remember feeling the victory over that. And I remember being able to see tangibly how God's word was working in my life and how it had changed everything that was around me that seemed so dark and so dreary. And he turned it for me as I held on to his word. And as I spoke it out of faith instead of out of fear, there's a big difference. And, and I don't exactly know how to explain it to someone, but you can tell, you can feel it whenever you are, um, speaking God's word, you can tell if you're doing it out of faith and connecting with it, or if you're doing it out of fear and being like, Oh God, I really hope this works. I don't even know. I don't know if this is going to work. Um, there's a big difference, a huge difference. And, you know, I, I, realized that storms are going to come, you know, just like in this story, storms are going to come and we have to know how to speak to those things. And we can't be afraid of that because fear wants to cripple us just like it did, um, to me over and over and over. Um, it wants to cripple us to where we can't think and we can't even make any progress for the kingdom of God. And so I want to really quickly, um, read to you a few of the scriptures that I had in my, have in my, um, what's it called? Let's see. Arsenal. I thought that's not the right word, but that was the word I was thinking of. Arsenal. (laughs) I actually have a whole lot more than this, but I just picked out a few, um, to read to you. Um, and if, if fear is at all something that, that you deal with, that you fight with, I think that's something that we all face, um, off and on, but these are some amazing, amazing scriptures. So instead of me turning to each of them, because I don't have an iPad yet, um, I'm going to look at the screen. So, but, um, the first one is second Timothy one seven, and that's the one that I used, um, initially, Uh, That was the only one I could think of, you know, initially. And it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And then in the Amplified, it says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm, well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. And I used that a lot because when you're in the middle of an anxiety attack, you don't have a calm and well-balanced mind. And that was something that I needed was a calm and well-balanced mind. And I knew that that had been promised to me. 
I knew that that was something that could be mine. And, um, so I use that one a lot and I use it with my kids. They can, they can quote this one too. So, um, the next one is Proverbs three twenty five and 26. And it says, be not afraid of sudden terror and panic, nor of the stormy blast or the storm and the ruin of the wicked when it comes for you will be guiltless. For the Lord shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and shall keep your foot from being caught in a trap or some hidden danger. What I love about that, can you go back to the one right before it? It says, do not be afraid of sudden terror and panic. That's exactly what an anxiety attack was, you know, was sudden terror and panic. And I think the enemy tries to do that with us a lot. You know, we have a pain and, oh gosh, what, if, what is that? What is that? Or we hear something on the news and um, he tries to get us to suddenly fear and suddenly panic. Because if he can get it to happen fast, maybe we won't think fast enough to be able to stand against him. But I used this a lot um, to stand against the anxiety attacks as well. Um, the next one is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. See, that that used to um, kind of bother me a little bit because that made me realize I get to choose if I'm going to fret or have anxiety about something. And I didn't like that, but that's true. And that's, that's what that says. And, um, so what I do a lot is I make these apply to me. And so whenever I say this, when I say, I do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by, by prayer and petition, definite requests with Thanksgiving, I continue to make my wants known to God. And God's peace will be mine, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And that's a pretty, that's pretty wordy, but it's very, very powerful. And when I think of that, I think of my mind and my heart getting a wall built around it where nothing can come into it. Just God's peace is in there with me. And it, cause, because fear starts in our mind, that's where it starts. And his peace will garrison and mount guard around my mind and my heart. The next one is Philippians one twenty eight, And this one, um, I, I know that I shared this one last time because um, it's one of my favorites. And it says, do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your s- deliverance and salvation and that from God. I love that because our standing firm and holding on to God's word is just a clear sign to the enemy that he's lost. He's already lost. And when we do that, he realizes there's not anything I can do. If they're going to hold on to God's word, there's not anything I can do to stop them. And he doesn't like it. And I love it when he doesn't like stuff. It's awesome. Um, The next one is Psalm 112, verse 8. And it says, his heart is established and steady. He will not be afraid while he waits to see his desire established upon his adversaries. 
And like I said, I personalize all of these. And so whenever I pray this one, I say, Father, I thank you that my heart is established and steady. And I will not be afraid while I wait to see my desire established upon my adversaries. You know, a lot of times people give up because they become afraid while they're waiting for the enemy to be defeated. While they're waiting for um, to be able to see God's promises come to pass in their lives. But the Bible right here says that I don't have to be afraid, that I can keep holding on to that. And even if it doesn't look like it's happening yet, I am not going to be afraid. It is not going to cause me to buckle. I'm not going to do it. The next one is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. And it says, let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and the craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you or give you up or leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you or let down, let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Now, if I'm ever feeling a little bit, um, like maybe God is not paying attention, I just read this verse and I say, Father, I thank you that you will not let me down, that you will not let go of me. And my faith begins to build again. And it says, so we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and we boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do unto me? Now, that's a really great one to say because, you know, you're taking a stand. I will not. I am not going to fear, and I am not going to be terrified. Two more. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you, because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. And... um. That is a big one, especially in dealing with fear, because if your mind is stayed on him, it doesn't have time to think about the fears. It doesn't have time to focus on those things. And so I just speak that over myself. Father, I thank you that you keep me in perfect and constant peace because my mind is stayed on you. And um, the last one is Psalm 29, verse 11. And it says, the Lord will give unyielding and impenetrable strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And that is one that I um, said, you know, in those times when you're trying to hold on really, really hard and you're trying to, and you're saying, I am not giving up. I'm not letting go of God's word. I am holding on to this. That's what I would say. Father, I thank you that you give me unyielding and impenetrable strength. And you bless me with peace. And he has actually, he's already given us the ability to be able to hold on to him. To hold on to his word. He's already given us that strength. And so those are just a few. I have a lot um, <laughs> that I've added and added and added and added. But those are a few that... Um, I speak on a regular basis out of, and no more out of fear, out of faith, knowing that God's word works, knowing that I can take fear down 
And it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter even if I were still having anxiety attacks and, and still dealing with those, I still win. I still win. And I will not bow and I will not fear. And I know that God's word works. And sometimes it's a decision that we have to make whether we feel it or not. <laughs> and that's when, that's when we find out what we really believe is when it, none of it looks like it's working, right? It's kind of hard, but that's when we, uh, find out. So, um, that's all that I have for tonight. I would like to pray really quickly if that's okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share with your precious people um, the things that, that you've shown me and the ways that you've shown me to stand against fear. And Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it works. I thank you that it works in spite of our um, failures in spite of the things that we see that don't look like it's working. Father, I thank you that your word works and it's true and it has defeated fear. It's defeated sickness. It's defeated poverty. And Father, I thank you for that. And I thank you that as we stand on your word, that we will see miracle after miracle after miracle in our lives. And Father, I thank you for that. And I ask you to bless your people as, as we go throughout the rest of our week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.